Today we're going to talk about AMC, GameStop, Wendy's, and all these other meme stocks today. This is going to be an interesting conversation, so get comfortable, buckle up your seatbelt, hit the thumbs up button. We're going to get started on the Black Financial Channel right now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Black Financial Channel. That's thebyfinancialchannel.com. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I am your friendly neighborhood finance professor. The Black Financial Channel, we talk about black financial news and commentary all day long, every single day. Uh, you don't have to be black to be here, but you have to value the black community. Uh, we follow the B1 philosophy, which means that we make the black community our top priority because nobody else is going to solve our problems. Also, B1 means that we believe black people can be number one when it comes to wealth and investing within the next 40, 50 years, if we keep our mind right. And B1 also means that we know we must be one to be successful. So if you agree with the B1 philosophy, put a B1 in the chat. Again, you ain't got to be black to be here, but you got to know that this is why we exist. This is why we're doing this thing. What's going on? Uh, the sugar, honey, iced tea, fast, fast, man, fast. Uh, Landover, um, let's see, Chef Gambit, Jerry Manuel. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up button if you have not done that yet. We are building Black-owned media. That's extremely important for our community. Now, uh, I want to talk today about some of these meme stocks. Uh, how many of you have been following? Give me a yes or no in the chat if you've been following some of these meme stocks and what's been going on with uh, with Wendy's and, and uh, AMC and GameStop and Lordstown Motors and Bed Bath & Beyond and BlackBerry. And it just seems like the list kind of keeps growing every single week uh, when it comes to these meme stocks. And I've been thinking about this for a long time. I've been trying to process what's happening here and ways that this can actually work to your benefit. Now, here's the deal. Um, let's talk about the meme stocks for a minute in a general context. Uh, what does it mean to be a meme stock? Well, basically, a meme stock is defined by a few specific criteria. Um, first of all, there has to be a, um, a a price jump that moves the stock price away from its fundamental value. Uh, the price jump uh, is driven by almost no news and information uh, whatsoever. Typically, stock prices, uh, when they are valued appropriately, uh, they move based on information. You find out the company is going to make more money, so the price jumps. An analyst comes out with an announcement about you know a buy rating or sell rating or whatever. The price move ba moves based on that. Well, meme stocks don't really need any news. Um, and also, they're followed by a tremendous amount of volume. A lot of traders get involved in these stocks. They, they just sort of it's like um, almost like Woodstock or something where where, you know, where you have all these people that sort of converge on one stock. And then suddenly there's all this activity happening around the stock where there wasn't much uh, going on right there. Uh, also, uh, they measure meme stocks based on the number of mentions that they get in social media. So if there's a lot of uh, chatter. Uh, they literally count the number of times a specific stock is mentioned on the Reddit boards and all this other stuff. So if there's a lot of chatter, uh, they might that might define a stock as a meme stock. And then also short interest. Short interest is the number of uh, investors out there that are trying to short sell the stock. Uh, this whole stick it to the man, you know, stick it to the short sellers narrative has been part of the conversation. Although I'm not fully convinced that that's the number one reason people buy. I did a survey with you guys on Twitter. And uh, I asked you guys, I asked you all, at least amongst intelligent black people, I said, you know, why are you buying these stocks? Are you trying to stick it to the man? Are you trying to hold these companies long term? Or are you trying to make a fast buck? Well, most people were in it for, you know, the hit it and quit it. They want to come in there and make that money and bounce. And so uh, it's okay to, to have that objective. But understanding why you're owning something helps me understand how the story is going to end. Again, again, I compare it to like dating because if somebody says, if you say, well, what are your intentions with my daughter? 
and he says, look, I just want you, I just want to borrow your daughter for about a month. Well, that's different from the guy who says, I'm going to love your daughter for the rest of her life uh, versus the guy who says, I'm only dating your daughter because I want to make her ex-boyfriend jealous and I want to stick it to him by, by dating your daughter, right? Like all those different explanations would lead to different interpretations and different predictions of how the story is going to end because that's the big question for many of these meme stocks is how does it play out you know uh if, if a stock price is if a stock is valued at ten dollars a share and then suddenly uh the market just decides to push it up to uh 150 is it can it stay there what's what's maintaining that and when you're putting your family's money on the line you got to think about this type of thing because if you don't you end up broke so uh so anyway uh so let, let's talk about this a little bit hit the thumbs up button please hit the thumbs up share subscribe button and don't forget guys every tuesday at 11 a.m eastern we have uh we have private class in the black stock market program and that's where you send me questions in advance i answer every single question that you have for me and uh and also there's a ton of curricula in there in the black business school if you want to get good at investing i i've been a finance professor for 27 years, 28 years now, I guess, or something like that. So feel free to go take a look at that. All right. So um, here's here's what um, I, I want to point out or what I've observed. First of all, Wendy's appears to be among the memes now, which is just fascinating to me. I had no idea why Wendy's would be popped up like that. and uh, But suddenly Wendy's is like the talk of the town. And I'm just like, holy crap, this is so crazy. I never thought I'd see this. So Wendy's is, is up there. And um, and Wendy's is interesting. Wendy's is a little bit different from like GameStop or AMC because GameStop was this company that if you'd asked me about GameStop two years ago, I'd be like, why would anybody invest in GameStop? GameStop is garbage, right? Uh, you know, it, it's not a, I mean, they, they're like the blockbuster. To me, they were the blockbuster of, of video gaming. You know, and um, and I and I've actually gotten into the the whole Xbox thing. I kind of mess around with that, and I told you guys about that. And uh, it, all these games are downloaded. Like nobody goes to the GameStop store anymore. So I didn't even know how that was going to work. AMC, eh, you know, are people really trying to go to the movies as much as they're trying to stay at home and just watch a movie from home? Doesn't mean they won't go to the movies anymore. But to the ability to make the same level of money that you made before. Uh, is is minimal. It's almost like when the, the when the U.S. went from uh, when when airplanes were invented, it wasn't like they they put trains out of business, but the railroads didn't have the same power that they had when they were the only game in town. So movie theaters are not the only game in town anymore. And streaming services have hundreds of millions of subscribers, so a lot of movies are being released online. So how can AMC be expected to do what it did pre-pandemic? It's not going to. You're not going back to the past. You know, it's like that. It's like that that girlfriend you dated five years ago. Y'all ain't never gonna have that relationship again. Y'all might hook up later on in life, but y'all ain't never gonna have that relationship you were gonna have back then. So AMC will never be what it used to be. AMC is gonna have to be. It doesn't mean it can't be better. Maybe it can be, but it's gonna have to. It's gonna require a lot of innovation and a lot of luck. So uh, when so AMC and GameStop didn't impress me. Um, I messed around with games with AMC. I made a little bit of money in AMC um, because I, I what I did was basically I bought the stock and I sold the options and then I bought puts to protect me from the downside and I also bought some deep out of the money options, deep out of the money calls to protect me from FOMO. So basically, what I did with AMC was I said, okay, let me go ahead and take a position. I bought you know maybe I don't know a thousand shares or something, right? And what I did then was I said, okay, I'm gonna sell the options immediately because the options prices get pushed up whenever people start you know like pushing a meme stock. 
I guarantee it's, it's like clockwork now as I've been studying this data and kind of analyzing what's happening, the options prices go through the roof. So uh, so those of you that are into selling stock options, then these meme stocks are the best place to sell stock options. But your problem is that the value of your principal, the value of your capital, the value of your, of your equity can drop very quickly because these stocks can quickly fall out of favor. So how do you protect against that? Well, that's what puts are for. You buy puts to protect yourself against the downside. And then, uh, and then, but what if the stock takes off and then they, they call your, your shares, they take away your options and then you're mad because now the stock has gone crazy and you're not making any of that money on the upside. Well, then that's what deep out of the money calls allow you to do. You can sort of buy your deep out of the money call where you're basically saying, look, if this stock does something real special, I want to be a part of that too. I want, I want a piece of that. So I'm a little bit greedy, but I want to be a little bit risk averse, meaning that I want to protect myself, but I also want to get a little bit of that upside, but you can't be too greedy and you can't be too scared because scared money doesn't make money and greedy money, greedy people end up broke, right? So you want to have that nice, healthy balance. And uh, and I can tell you what, we have made enough money on meme stocks so far, me and Alicia, to literally buy us a couple of luxury cars. Like it's literally now something where I'm like, okay, I get it now. And that's the thing you got to understand. This is why financial literacy is important for you and your kids is because, you know, a person that understands economics and understands markets and all that, they know the money's always out there somewhere. The money's always out there. There's always a way to make money. It doesn't matter if it's in a good economy, there's ways to make money. In a bad economy, there's ways to make money. When the market goes up, there's ways to make money. Market goes down, there's ways to make money. Money moves from one sector to the other. And so being able to understand these moves allows you to position yourself where the money resides. So uh, so to uh, just give you a short summary, uh, those of you might, who might've come in to say, okay, what is Dr. Boyce buying? Well, one stock I'm buying is Wendy's. I did buy Wendy's this morning because here's the thing about Wendy's is that's special to me. It, Wendy's was already seen as a pretty good company before all this happened. Uh, before this happened, about 60% of the analysts were saying that Wendy's was a buy. And this was back when Wendy's price wasn't that wasn't too much lower than what it is. Uh, it, it was maybe, you know, I don't know, a month ago. Uh, it was in it was in the early low twenties, maybe twenty three, and they had a price target of about twenty five or twenty six. So Wendy's trading, in my view, Wendy's you know propping up to whatever it is now. I guess is what about twenty seven or something. That's not an outrageous move. I now the thing is, it's twenty six seventy seven. That's not outrageous. Like that's justifiable. A, even a person that believes in the fundamentals, like I do. Um, you know, is it, it sees that as like an okay investment. So yeah, I bought a thousand shares of Wendy's because I'm like, okay, let's get in here because even if things go bad, even if it's a pump and dump, it's not that bad. The, the, they ain't been a whole lot of pumping yet. This is a little bit of pumping, just enough pumping for you to you know feel good for you to make a little bit of money, but not enough pumping to where the stock prices is ballooned to some outrageous number. So uh, anyway, uh, by the way, it, those of you who are asking about options, if you want to learn more, I got a whole master's cl- master class I put together. It's really, really good. Feel free to take a look. It's uh, stockoptionsmasterclass.com. You'll be very comfortable with options once you're done with that. Now, um, some other companies that are in the mix, uh, you got Lordstown Motors, which Lordstown worries me because Lordstown is getting his butt kicked because Lordstown is literally telling them, warning, warning, warning all of its investors, like, look, we might not even be in business at the end of the year. That's not a place where I'm going to put a whole lot of my money. Um, I, I had a small stake in Lordstown and I sell the options on it, but I don't really mess with that with companies like that. Uh, you got BlackBerry, which, um, you know, I'm still waiting for them to make a comeback. GameStop is actually going to release their earnings soon, which will be really interesting because one, one critique people have had about GameStop is that people don't uh, quite understand how they're going to become this spectacular company. They kind of keep promising. They're kind of like that that real shady, 
you know, shady dude that like keeps telling the girl, you know, his girlfriend, like, yeah, baby, we're going to get rich one day. We're going to be, you know, I'm going to fix it. We're going to do better and blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, well, how's that going to happen? He's like, well, uh, I'll tell you later. Right. And he never gives her a clear cut plan. You know, no, you know, know, we talk about those, those shifty, those shifty, flimsy Negroes, you know, they'll tell you anything and they'll, they'll tell you what the big objective is, but they won't actually explain to you how it's going to occur. Don't be flimsy. Don't be a flimsy dude. Right. Be, be somebody that's actually structured that can give a plan and lay out a strategy. So right now, GameStop is being kind of flimsy. Uh, GameStop is not offering the kind of information that would make me feel like GameStop is really, really going to be a solid company long term. Um, I know a lot of people believe in their new chairman. Their chairman is uh, Ryan something, Ryan Cohen. I think that's his name. Um, you know, but but, you know, the reality is that there's nothing there yet with GameStop to say that this is going to be a great long term investment. However, there are people that believe in GameStop. There are people that will go down with the ship and people like that are wonderful because it reminds me when I play poker. I'm a very good poker player. I told you guys this. I've won tournaments with over a thousand people. And I'm, I'm damn good. Poker is a great game of psychology, strategy, and math. And in poker, you have a, a few term, terms that apply, I think, to invest in as well. Uh, the, the terms would be sharks and fish, right? Uh, because I'm pretty good and because I like to be good. Anything I do, I like to be good at it. I don't like being a loser. So I studied poker when I started playing because I wanted to actually win and I got good at it. And so so I might be in that category of a shark, right? The sharks eat the fish. And, the, and then you got the fish. And the fish are um, the fish and the donkeys, right? So the fish are people that don't know how to play. And the donkeys are people that think they know how to play, but they're but they don't, right? Uh, they, they, you know, if you ever want to lose in life, be a be an uninformed person who thinks that they're the smartest person in the room. Donkeys in life, like some of y'all, don't ever marry a donkey because it'll be very frustrating. Because they they not only do they not know anything, but they really swear that they know more than everyone else. And that people like that are irritating. Like ignorance and arrogance mixed together is a bad combination. So in poker, let me follow me with this analogy. So in poker, you got the donkeys where you've got ignorance and arrogance. They they throw their chips around. They think they know what's going on. They think they can bully everybody. But then the sharks sit back and the sharks are strategic. The sharks are like, hmm, okay, I'm watching you throw these chips around because you're just determined to be the big bully at the table. Okay, cool. I'll let you think you're bullying me. And then by the end of the game, the sh- one of the sharks will swim up and just eat the donkey up, like eat the donkey alive. And donkeys are wonderful because donkeys don't quit. You know, some people you can scare them, you can intimidate them, right? You can make a move and they'll be like, oh, I'm backing off, right? So it's, you know, so you'll bluff, like that's what they call it, bluffing in poker. So you bluff, you bluff the fish and the fish is like, oh crap, I got to get out of here, right? So you're like, yeah, yeah, I know I scared you. So that thank you for, you know, for giving me your chips. But a donkey doesn't fall for a bluff. A donkey is the person where you bluff them, you bet big, they match the bet or they'll raise the bet, right? Because they're a donkey. They're stubborn. Donkeys are very stubborn. So basically, donkeys are wonderful if you know how to play with a donkey because donkeys will give you all their chips because you'll keep on betting bigger and bigger and bigger, knowing that you've got the donkey beat. But the donkey will stick it out to the end because the donkey is principled. See, principle is a wonderful thing, but it can be a dangerous thing, particularly when you talk about strategy and winning and money and war, right? If you're if you're overly principled, if you're overly determined to stick it out to the death, then what's going to happen is somebody's going to profit from your death. So basically, you've got a lot of donkeys that are invested in some of these companies. And I'm not making fun of them. I'm not saying that they're stupid. I'm not saying that they're bad people. Well, maybe I am kind of saying some of them are stupid. I'm not trying to diss, but what the hell? This ain't no popularity contest. I'm trying to help intelligent black people know how the game works. So basically, the donkeys are these people. Let me go full circle with this analogy. Y'all know how I am. I give the long analogy, but there's a good point there. The donkeys in the space, in the uh, meme stock space, are these people that are sitting on these Reddit boards who are just determined to own a company no matter what, who are determined to stick it out to the very end, who will just, you know, buy GameStop at any price, 
who will keep buying AMC at any price, who will keep buying the options at any price. And so basically they're getting eaten by a lot of sharks. There are sharks who are sitting and watching this occur, who know how to strategically position themselves where they're going to take some risk, but they don't take too much risk. And they're going to be cautious, but they're not too cautious. They know how to position themselves just right so that, boom, you can strike on the time when the iron's hot. You make your money. You bounce out of there. The donkeys get eaten alive. So don't be a donkey. That's my point. Don't get overly emotional about it. Don't get all caught up in the frenzy. Um, this is not for black folks. This is, you know, they talk about stuff like that's white folks fight, like Democrat, Republican stuff. I tell you, like, that's that's what they're doing. Like, let them do their thing. And y'all sit over here and you plan. Right. And well, same thing is true here. <clears throat> this is their stuff. This is maybe they can maybe they have rich parents where they can go lose ten thousand dollars. and It's not a big deal. I want that 10 grand to be in your pocket. I want that 10 grand to be transferred to you as an intelligent investor so you can position yourself. So <clears throat> basically with uh, stocks like Wendy's, um, I have some AMC. Uh, we've made a lot of money on AMC. Basically, we buy the AMC, sell the options, uh, buy puts to protect ourselves from the downside, deep out of the money puts, and then buy some deep out, uh, deep out of the money calls so that we can get, so we can prevent the FOMO, the the fear of missing out. So if the stock doubles in price, I'm going to get a piece of that. If the stock cuts in half, I'm going to be protected from that. If the stock stays the same, I've already made my money. That way you protect yourself on all fronts. Okay. So what else is going on? Uh, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. If you have not done that yet, please do that right now. Uh, if you haven't done it. Uh, also, if you go to allblackeconomics.com, I've got a book called It Takes a Village to Raise the Bar, A New Paradigm for Black America. You guys know I'm not a uh, finance professor who happens to be black. I'm a black man who happens to be a finance professor. So uh, I'm really into the why of money. I'm not really so much just into the um, into the how. Uh, the how and the what is nice, but the how and the what doesn't mean anything if you don't have a why. So the why is I want our people to have wealth. And so that's uh, that's something I don't apologize for. That's who I am all the time. Uh, does the Black Wealth Bootcamp cover options? No, it does not. The Black Wealth Bootcamp was something I designed specifically for those that want to quit their job, uh, those that want to get off the corporate plantation, those that want to know how to actually make enough money where you don't have to go to work anymore. So if, if anybody's interested, feel free to take a look at it. It's a great program. It's blackwealthbootcamp.com. Uh, if you want to go take a look. Uh, stockoptionsmasterclass.com is where I cover options in detail. So these are different areas. You know, think of it like medicine. You know, you, you have a class on that focuses on the heart. Maybe you have something else that focuses on the lungs, right? So you separate all that. All right. So here's um, uh, some other quick thoughts I want to share. Um, there are some other meme stocks that are out there, stocks that uh, tend to sort of fall in this category that could easily pop as meme stocks. I'm not saying to go buy these stocks, but I am telling you these are stocks that I noticed. There's a stock called Clean Energy Fuels, um, C-L-N-E, C-L-N-E, uh, that looks like it could be a meme stock. It's being heavily mentioned on the on the Reddit boards, and uh, and I think it might have actually gone up a little bit. Maybe um, it looks like it's gone up 25% uh, today, 46% this week. Uh, it was already considered a good buy. The company was already highly recommended. It's about $12 a share. And so, um, so actually, why not? Let me let me go ahead. I'm gonna get on here right now and buy 500 shares of that and sell some options on it. So nobody knows exactly what it's gonna do, but uh, it actually was a good company even before this happened. Uh, another uh, area where you tend to find meme stocks are electric vehicle and cannabis companies. Uh, they love you know those sort of techie companies. Now the thing that you got to be careful about with electric vehicle companies is that a lot of them are in that category where Lordstown Motors is, where they're not making any money yet. And uh, and companies that are not making any money yet haven't really shown that they have the ability to make money yet. Right. So you love the company. You think the company is great. 
But my question is, can you make a dollar? You know, and I go through this with entrepreneurs. I have entrepreneurs that come to me and tell me I've got this great idea that's going to transform the entire black community and, and make everybody rich. And I'm like, OK, have you made a dollar yet? Like, show me that you can make your first dollar. And then we'll start talking more seriously about how you can make that first billion. Right. So uh, a lot of these companies haven't even made their first dollar. So that to me is kind of an interesting phenomenon, because uh, if you're dealing with a company that hasn't even learned how to make a dollar, um, you know, how can you trust that that company is one day going to make all the billions that they're swearing that they're going to make? Uh, remember, and also when you talk about electric vehicle companies, that that worries me a little bit because I'm telling you, Ford, GM, Mercedes, all these companies are now starting to get serious about their electric vehicle game and they ain't playing. Has anybody seen the new electrical, the electric Mercedes that just came out? That sucker is beautiful. I was like, oh, I'll take that sucker over a Tesla any day of the week. Now, I'm not saying now Tesla is broader than just electric vehicles. Tesla does a lot of things very, very well, and they have a lot of competitive advantages that I think are really going to play out for them. But, you know, I'm telling you, when you talk about electric vehicles, um, you know, I think Ford, Ford might give Tesla a run for their money in terms of in that space. They, they got the, those trucks out now that are, that are awesome. Ford stock. Quiet as kept, went up 92% this year. I didn't even know I owned Ford. It was just part of a diversified portfolio that I had. And I went in and I was like, hey, babe, look at how much money we made on Ford stock, right? And so so Ford, um, uh, General Electric is doing great. General Electric can benefit from some of this green energy stuff that's going on. They tend to have a hand to everything. Uh, you know, cannabis is a little bit different. A lot of the cannabis companies are making a decent amount of money, but not as much as they will once there's regulatory clarity. I don't know when that clarity is going to occur. But again, I told you guys, my little conspiracy theory is that Joe Biden is not going to finish his uh, his first term. I believe Joe Biden, he's definitely not doing a second term. He's probably not going to finish his first Joe Biden will be the, the backdoor pathway for Kamala Harris to be the first uh, the first woman president, first woman of color, a uh, woman of Indian slash Jamaican descent. Right. She's not foundational black American. We all know this. We've had that debate, but I don't care about that right now in terms of this conversation. I just know that she's going to get elected. That matters because Biden is a person that believes in the decriminalization of cannabis. Kamala believes in the legalization of cannabis. So I believe that once Biden starts getting sick and, you know, and, and they start admitting that he can't finish his presidency, I think that that's when you're going to see the cannabis stock start to pop. And then when he's gone, which I hate, I don't I'm not wishing that on anybody. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to be cold here. But I'm telling you the truth. Once Biden can't finish his term, uh, you're going to start see those cannabis companies pop. In my view, I believe strongly that they will. So I'm deeply positioned in cannabis just and also just because I just think that it's a, it's an industry that's been mistreated and it's been misinterpreted. And there's a lot of money to be made over there. Um, now, in terms of other things with some of the meme stocks. Um, oh, here's another thing I noticed uh, about Bitcoin. I, I want to issue kind of a warning about Bitcoin. I'm actually going to sell some of my Bitcoin right now. Um, not because I don't believe in crypto. I do believe deeply in crypto. Uh, I just think that there's better ways to make money right now. So here's the deal with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is, um, Bitcoin is, is getting a lot of headwinds right now that I believe could end up harming the, um, that space. Um, Bitcoin is, um, you know, first of all, you've got, I made a couple of notes here to remind myself. Um, you've got the whole issue with, with the whole hacking thing. I believe that the hacking headlines are just bad for Bitcoin because you've got, the, you know, this ransomware term that's now associated with Bitcoin where they're now, you know, claiming that, you know, people that terrorists are using Bitcoin. So they're associating with terrorists. I think that's all, you know, it could be part of a plan, but whether it's part of a plan or not, it's not the issue. 
The issue is what are they going to do with these headlines? And I think these headlines are going to be used as their justification to form some sort of global coordinated effort to restrict, significantly restrict the use of cryptocurrency around the world. Now, I know some people are crypto enthusiasts. I'm not here to hurt your feelings. I'm not here to attack you or, or say that you're wrong. I'm just here to say that, you know, it's almost like telling somebody that they're, you know, that the, that their boyfriend is a liar and a dog, right? It's, you're not, it's not personal. It's just, it might be facts, right? Um, and so there are a lot of people that believe Bitcoin is going to keep dropping uh, because of that. If they come out with some sort of coordinated effort, because individual countries can ban crypto and all this other stuff and make, make it toxic, but it kind of moves across borders. But if all the industrialized countries all get together, if all the governments get together and do what they did on this tax thing, because they already did it with taxes, they already did it with corporate taxes. They said, you know, com- companies are going from country to country to keep their tax bill low. Uh, we don't want them doing that anymore. So they're, they're working on this global minimum tax rate where no matter where you live, you're going to pay at least 15 percent. I think that they're going to do some sort of global coordination on cryptocurrency that is going to be designed to control crypto. And also the fact that the that the FBI or whoever was able to go and get that money back from that last little hack, that right there um, reduced people's confidence that Bitcoin is secure. Now, obviously, it's probably just some guy that they got into a room and they tortured him in, or into giving up his password. Right. So it's probably something that basic and simple. But still, it does. It does. It doesn't look good for Bitcoin. Um, also. Uh, you've got, um, you know, this institutional churn. A lot of experts that were really big on Bitcoin at the start of the year, back when Bitcoin was like 10 grand, uh, they're like, okay, 38 is too much. You know, like, like we got other better ways to make money. And also with all these problems, we don't need these problems. And that's the thing. When you make an investment, you're not making an investment just because it can make you money. Like I, I get people all the time. They're like, oh, Dr. B, you should do this. You can make money doing this. Yeah. Making money is not the issue. The question is, uh, Am I making the most money I could be making right now for the, you know, for in terms of the, for the least amount of trouble? Right. So. Uh, so if you show me something, you're like, oh, this can make 20 grand a year. That's great. But if I've got another project over here that I can put that same money into and make 100 grand a year, then I'm going to go in that direction. I'm not going to go. You know, so so making money is not the issue. It's making the most money. It's what they call the efficient use of capital. It's like it's like when I when I chose to marry Alicia, I told you guys, just to be honest, I, like I had an ex-girlfriend a long time ago, very nice lady, beautiful lady, who was like, well, well, why wasn't I good enough? And I'm like, no, you you were great. You were awesome. You were gorgeous. It's just I can only pick one wife. I had to pick the best one. I could, if, I could, if I could pick five, then that would be a different conversation. But I had to pick one. So I picked her. Right. So the same thing is true with investing. You pick a wife, you decide, OK, I've got, you know, 100 grand to invest. What's the best use of that of that money or 10 grand to invest or five grand or whatever your number is. Right. So uh, so a lot of institutions that are were on the fringe, the ones that really were responsible for pushing the, the price up, the people that pushed up the price of Bitcoin were not the holders, the holders, the enthusiasts, the people that love, you know, crypto, no matter what. Those are not the people who push that price up to 60,000. The people to push the price up were the institutional investors that had big money when they came in saying, you know, they, they, they don't they don't operate, you know, it with 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 just, you know, you know, 100 grand at a time. They operate with, you know, 10 billion at a time or or, they, or we're going to invest, you know, 500 million dollars in, in this space. You know, it's, it'll be two percent of our portfolio or something crazy like that. So when they make that move, that becomes uh, the catalyst that pushes prices up. 
Well, there's a lot of indicators to say that they're moving in different directions. They're like, ah, you know, this was cool. We made our money. Now we're going to sort of rebalance our portfolio. And we don't want we don't want as much exposure to Bitcoin because we don't like what's happening. Uh, the IRS is jumping in. The IRS is jumping in to tax Bitcoin and crypto differently. And then also you got that last piece, again, that links back to this whole terrorist stigma that they're kind of trying to put on crypto where, uh, you know, organizations like Hamas, where um, there, which I, I I have no issue with the I, like I'm actually more in favor of what like the Palestinians are dealing with. I I, I think that the uh, the Israelis are allowed to get away with all kinds of crazy stuff in in, in Palestine, but uh, Hamas and other you know organizations that are the the uh, target of economic sanctions. Well, now they can't sanction those organizations anymore because people just send them money in Bitcoin, right? So uh, that's going to be part of their justification to say. We got to slow this crypto thing down because uh, they're funding terrorists with with crypto. And again, all this is an exaggeration. All this isn't true. It's totally unfair. It's ridiculous. But that's part of the reason why I admit I'm going to scale down my investment in Bitcoin. Um, if I do crypto, I'm going to do a lot of Ethereum because I, I like the Ethereum uh, network. I feel like that like there's so many great things coming off Ethereum, like NFTs, non-fungible tokens, which are going to be really interesting in the future. And uh, I just think Ethereum is beautiful. So I'll probably move some of the money over, drop a little bit in Ethereum and then move more over to stocks and real estate just as a rebalancing move. Uh, so that's pretty much it. That's pretty much everything. Uh, and so uh, I'm going to bounce out. Do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Also, don't forget, we have actually, if you want your kids to learn about wealth, we have a great children's program. Thousands of kids are in it. Thousands of parents have signed their children up. Um, you know, Do something good for your kids when it comes to teaching them about money and about wealth. You must do this. Your kids do not have to go work for white people their entire life. I know that's what you were trained to do when you were a kid, maybe some of you, but that's that's not the only pathway. There are other options. Uh, but you have to teach them the options early so that it'll be ingrained in their mind uh, when they become adults. So feel free to take a look at our program. It's blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. The first month is totally free. If you want to give it a try, just see if you like it. It's blackmillionairesoftomorrow.com. So I'm out of here, guys. Have a good day. Please hit the thumbs up button, share button, subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. And, uh, and if you have more questions for me and things like that you want me to answer, don't forget in the Black Stock Market program, every Tuesday, I answer every single student question. That's purely for Q&A. Like I literally, all I do is answer student questions. So feel free to join us on Tuesdays as well. So I'm out of here, guys. Have a good day. I'll see you soon. Take care. Peace. 